Hey devs, you're tuning into the debug log number 59. So this is part two of the dark side of development. Uh, on this episode, me and Andrew joined forces, me, Obina, and Andrew Curry joins forces to talk about uh, culture and competition. That's culture, you know, team-wide culture, uh, company culture, individual culture within the game industry or game development, as well as competition. And that's competition as in, you know, you have thousands of games that you're competing against. And also, you know, you're competing against peers and like-minded folks uh, for your position and for recognition even. So that's what we talk about today. There's a lot of discussion about it, a lot of gripes, a lot of complaints, a lot of grievances. Uh, you know, we just stick true to the underbelly and the gut of what this series is all about. And that's the no-nonsense talk about game development. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so without further ado, this is the Diva Glog, episode 59. Listening to the Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name is Obino Parham. And I'm Andrew Curry. And Crickets. it goes silent. Crickets, exactly. <laughs> silent. Uh, just the two of us again. Oh, yeah. Just the two of us. Go ahead. You know, Sorry. now I do remember we did have a, a two man show. Me and Ryan did one because I remember we sung that same song after we did it. So, did you this do is the, not is our, that the team interview one? No? No, no. no I think we, we just. We just did a uh, talk with me and him, I think. No, I think that was the intro to the show. Oh, uh, yeah, it wasn't. You're okay. Right. Sorry, You're this is boring to people. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is the back backroom talk. Anyway, so yeah, uh, we'll just get things started. Of course, we got to lead off with our infamous iTunes shout out. Uh, thank you guys, all the people who have written us in reviews. Uh, they're all great reviews. Uh, we have a lot of five-star ratings which is amazing now not a lot uh, not a lot of podcasts can say that so we really appreciate your interview or your reviews and we want you to keep on writing them they really help us you know keep that momentum going keep us excited about the podcast keep us well we're still excited but keep us going and, and you know give us the the push we need to especially push through especially during the holidays when things are getting a little rough so keep writing those reviews we love them we love to read them we love to share them with our friends so keep it yeah and and i'll guess i'll do a caveat sometimes too if you don't like itunes or you already have reviewed it and this isn't annoying to you then go recommend it to somebody that's a good thing to do too yes recommend (laughs) for sure Exactly. Um, cool. So uh, this is officially part two of the dark side of development. That's what we're going to be talking about. Is wait a second. Do we just depress the rest of the debug? <laughs> <laughs> now nobody wants to do this show anymore. <laughs> what? There, there's like no. You depressed us with that last episode, and nobody, everybody quit. <laughs> nah, people were really excited about the first one. I think they really liked the part one where we talked about crunching and bugs and crashes. So this this episode is about culture and competition. We're going with the alliteration with the C's here. Um, so yeah, culture and competition. That's company culture, uh, internal company or internal culture within peers within your coworkers. Um, so culture in general uh, and culture for the industry as well. And then the other side was the competition, and that's competition within the industry, within your work environment, uh, within your peers. So that's what we're going to be talking about is the dark side. Again, we, we're trying to stay away from the flowery talk so you won't get any like rainbows on the other side. Eduardo is not on this episode, so we definitely won't get all that rainbow talk, <laughs> all his motivational speeches. Oh, yeah. Eduardo, last time you listened to the episode, it's awesome. And we love Eduardo. But he's like, just don't do it. Like, exactly. <laughs> he's like, if I was a CEO, I wouldn't, I would honor my employees. And I would never yeah. fall behind. And- <laughs> <laughs> I will be perfect. I was like, whatever, Eduardo. Anyway, so let, let's, let's jump into this, um, Andrew. I think we talked about, uh, actually touched on culture a little bit on the last uh, Dark Side of De- Development episode uh, and its effects, negative effects on our, you know, on developers and on the industry as well. Um, so the first thing I wrote here is just, you know, the culture in our industry kind of has this double edge. It kind of has a double edged sword type feel or appeal to it. Uh, in that, like, there's a, you know, a lot of people, like I said, when I talk to a lot of my friends and I tell them, like, how the company culture is at at Sprockets or, you know, the tech culture in general is just, it seems like the, the I, you know, like, 
the the prize for as far as career goals go. Um, you know, you have your gym inside your office. You have snacks. You have breakfast, lunch, and dinner served to you. You have you know sometimes they have like company cooks. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Bring your you know dog to work days. So it's, it just seems like the epitome of a great company culture. But there's to me, I feel like, and to a lot of developers, there are there is that darker side of company culture, in where you know, especially in the gaming culture, where you're you know, kind of forced to, not forced, but you're like kind of pressured into working long hours or you know staying at work for a very long time, even if it's not during crunch, but just staying later, you know, longer than those eight hours, or you know, you're really pushed to, you know, go above and beyond in your career and in in your work that you're doing. So that's like, uh, I guess my take, like that's part of a negative to, at least to me, that's one of the biggest negatives to the culture is this push and this drive to make you work all the time. Um, I, I, that's what I, that was really weird because this was a discovery from last week's episode. Yeah. yeah, And and I think it's interesting because it's one of the most cynical ones too. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this, like you said, it is the number one perk. You watch movies, you watch Silicon Valley, even though they make fun of that kind of stuff, that show on um, HBO. And they make fun of those things like five person bicycle meetings or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But they have like sushi bar and they have all these things. And, and there's, there's a lot of different sides of this. So we can kind of unpack it in a way. Yeah, Yeah. Um, the, the like just the straight edge cynical side of this is that the company like what we're saying is that the worst thing you could think of is that the company fakes that stuff so you feel more committed right that's the kind of gist <clears> of <throat> that that you feel um that you need to be there and you need to do the stuff and or, or fakes or fake or just like entice you into feeling like this is home or this is like well, there's no other there's no better place to be it's like they try to make this environment so appealing that you like going home or doing anything other than being at work is right. not ideal. When I think you can say, I mean, I think the debate where this is, it could be cynical or positive, it would be on the side of what the company's intentions are. And we don't know that from company mm-hmm. to company, but we can absolutely, I think you can absolutely say that the effect it has on the employees is that whether it's yeah. by purpose and they said, Hey, we want to, yeah, work together, guys, and work all night. This is great. We're going to get you pizza, which costs $8, but they have these people that are working for, you know, <laughs> exactly. that make $150,000 a year working free hours, basically, right, at night. Yeah, that's working true. Double hours. So, so cost-wise, I mean, everybody just like, oh, the food and everything. It's like the food doesn't cost anything compared to what yeah. you guys make per yeah. hour. And so, that one-time investment on, like, a gym or a pool table in your office is still not, you know, comparable I mean, to so, the – Many hours you're going to be spending there. Yeah, because what is like fifty thousand, hundred thousand? Like, if you make a hundred fifty, if you make a hundred thousand, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, that's like fifty dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. And they just bought eight dollar pizza for four or five people. That's not. I yeah. mean, that's a to stay late and do all this work, you know. And and so that that is a weird thing. If you can say it's like, um, if it's intentional, that's a weird evil thing, and we don't know. But the thing that is definite too is like we talked about last time when we kind of started. Is this isn't just the call out companies though because I think a lot of it is on our side. Yeah, is that is that we put this thing on ourselves and that the the, the double edged sword just say hey they have the best intentions. I work for Google or something. They're not evil, you know. Don't be evil. They they follow their motto and they just want to make our employees safe and stuff and have a fulfilling life and all that things. Promise if you got that job and they were just totally about that. You don't want to lose that job, <laughs> you know. That's so, true so you got. If you just yeah. went from working this horrible job, maybe it was nine to five strictly, and you can get out and do whatever you want to. But it was just like soul sucking while you were there. Mm-hmm. And you go to a place where you're doing what you love. You get to work with Unity. You get to work with whatever whatever it is, game stuff. But you're doing what you love. You're getting paid to learn and grow, and you work with really cool people, mm-hmm. and you get amazing perks. When it comes down to crunch time, and when stuff needs to get done, and you need to get and you feel you take personal responsibility and that's you don't want to like i said you don't want to lose that job and you might try to do anything you can yeah. to keep that position and then what which also what sometimes comes in especially if you're new to the industry or you you know this is your first um or you work somewhere else but then you come to this and it's better it's like you you start to devalue yourself in that way and that's on you i guess you know cuz I don't know. Yeah. That's I think that's weird. Like I said, it's good. we can't you can't really debate the the intention sometimes, or maybe you can of the companies. Mm-hmm. But you, I think it's an objective fact that 
it is a problem and whether it, ha- it either comes from us or from their intentions, but that does happen that it is a downside where we overcommit ourselves yeah now, I, I think I, I, you, like you said we can't we can't assume and we can't presume we know what the culture uh, the company's <laughs> intentions was or intentions were or are but it seems like that like I think that's why a lot of companies do it because they understand the investment it's not like I don't know what company or what CEO is like. I well, some people do, but like the investment into making this person or this employee have a better life, they really want you know that like companies are people's babies. You know, like I my idea is my baby, so they really want to take care of their baby. So that's an investment when they put these flowery or these, I guess, dreamlike environments around for their employees. It kind of is. I feel like this is just me griping and me my. My take on it is just like that's their intent. Like the intent is to invest in their business and investing in their business does like to to, mo- to most optimally invest in their business would be to create an environment where their employees feel at home, essentially. So right. that anyway, that's, well, that's, well, and, and that's what I said like last time, too, is that it's a weird thing because, I mean, you can't argue that. A lot of these times when you have a disruptive company and these big innovations or this kind of the things that really make an impact and change the industry mm-hmm. or change the culture or change the discussion about what's happening in certain industries, especially tech, and especially in the mm-hmm. game industry, they come, there's these stories, right? There's these stories that we were working out of our basement or working out of the garage for, you know, 18 hours a day in the early days of Apple, early days of it. I, I, we talked about, we, I read that Masters of Doom book and they just worked, they worked 20 hours a day basically. Yeah. On Doom, and they changed the industry, and they invented 3D engines for games and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So, the th- I, it's a weird thing. It's like it, part of that, is, especially if you run a company, it's like I want to do. You know, we want to put a dent in the universe. That's what we're trying to do in this industry yeah, yeah. and what we're doing. And I feel like some of that crunch. This is the other side of it in a weird way. Some of that crunch is necessary, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, you need people to be warriors for you in that way that we're going to do this and we're committed to do it. That's true. The only problem is it's a slippery slope because, again, you know, these companies might have this thing, but, I mean, life's a marathon, right? It's like mm-hmm. you can't do that forever, and you can't – and if you do it for a little more and it kind of – that's what I feel – I think that from an employee standpoint, that's what – I think we there's a little bit of understanding. Of like There's a lot of understanding because, like, yeah, you yeah. guys do this for us and you care about us, and we love what we're doing and we love the product. We like what we're making. We want to do – you know, it's not just a selfish thing when you keep your job. You want to help – but it feels like we always feel like, well, it feels like we did like about two more weeks of crunch than we did last time. And it always feels like it's mm-hmm. encroaching more than that. You know what I mean? You're always kind of protective of that because nobody... Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of developers, eventually, they, they have to wean themselves off of that company culture. Like, you know, like you said, mentioned last episode, where they go work for Google for a while. And they're like, you know, I got to get out of here or at least start my own company or do something differently. Because it does, you know, it's kind of pulling... It does pull at you when you're constantly being a warrior for this disruptive company. Because to be a, a disruptive or innovative company, you have to, you know, go be above and beyond. Think and, and think above and right. beyond. So that's, yeah, I mean, that's it's like, like, you don't get it from being nine to five necessarily. You have exactly. to do above and beyond. That's true. So that's why it might be intrinsic to innovation in that way. You know, I mean, you look at any field you know look at politicians running they're going 20 hours a day you look at people you want something that's big and you look you want something that's big and mammoth you gotta put in the hours but you also have to have a life you know and there's i mean you can say but then you can go with examples of movie stars and rock stars that do that kind of thing but then they (laughs) their personal life falls apart (laughs) you know know, like that kind of thing so it is it's a balance of how much the sliding scale of changing the world to having a normal life in a way that's true but i think can't you be disruptive from 10 to 6 or 9 to 5 and like get the hell out afterwards like i feel like you could and maybe you can and maybe that's like an american thing right because other countries that's like a bigger discussion that's not out of the realm realm of this podcast but you know like the 30 hour work week and stuff like that and those things that other countries do they have a two-hour lunch and Mm -hmm. there's debate where they're more productive Mm-hmm. But I feel that's an intrinsically like American thing. We do have this thing like you have to be working, you have to be working and do this stuff. So I don't know, but that's a bigger discussion. But as far as the game, it definitely is in there. And again, yeah. I think the one also just another final thing to add for me that on this is that 
this is is intrinsically different. I mean, from I mean, I don't know if you do percentages out of they've probably done psychological tests of how many people like their jobs, right? And like the fields they're in. Like I've been in a lot of jobs I hate and a lot of see a lot of people that are older in that job and working for fifty years. I'm like, you can't like this that much. We're we're selling, you know, door stops or something. You know what I mean? And, and but, yeah. but some people their life is about, you know, I do my job and I go home and I'm with my family and I have other things and that's what I like. With us it, it feel the, the again, it's the double edged sword part. It's like we feel so lucky because we're doing what we love and that that is part of it. So I mean part mm-hmm. of it it's like I don't know, you feel guilty because it's like I I'm so lucky to be doing this and I yeah. actually do love doing this. I just like sleeping too sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, actually you, your your comment just brings into light one of the things I was gonna jump into next and that's like this personal responsibility of like or I think even our uh, one of our loungers mentioned this uh in the debug lounge. Just like the personal responsibility individual contributors and developers have to the company culture because company culture doesn't you know exist in a vacuum the you know they can have it in their mission statement like hey we want to be x y and z but the culture is really defined by the you know the sum of the parts the individuals that are contributing to the to the company um so you know it we have to put some onus like you said on the developer on us on the people working there to help mold and define a culture that isn't so negative isn't like everyone works till eight because actually, you know, the a personal story is just like when I came to work at Sprockets here, my lead developer, and, and this is a real shout out and call out to, you know, CEOs and, and leads of their teams, team leads that the, what you do on your day to day, what you do when you walk, when you walk into the office and when you leave, it reflects on your, you know, your quote unquote underlings, I guess <laughs> the people that are under right. you to, you know, to what they look up and, and see. So if you're staying, you know, you come in at nine and you leave at, you know, 10 PM, you know, constantly, they're going to see that. And it's like, okay, well, if my leads here, is it good for me to just get up and leave at five once it's five or will that look bad? Was that, you know, will he look bad down on me for doing so or will people around me look down on? So people just, I think that kind of perpetuates the culture, negative culture of staying late and, you know, not leaving your desk for lunch, you know, just constantly grinding if you're just there. So I think we do have to put an onus, especially on leads to, you know, help manage the company culture and not make it one where we're just working all the time. Yeah, um, because is is that because like, I mean, we kind of hit it on this last time we're talking about it now, but I mean, because technically... I mean, it depends on what kind of... I mean, a lot of times you get a job and you just sign different things, but you don't necessarily sign a contract, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just, like, you have a job now, and you have to sign paperwork, but it's different. But this is the thing. It's unpaid overtime. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Right? So, it's... And, and like we said, it's not unionized. Like, the film industry, they regulate that stuff. So, I mean, you work over, you get paid for doing mm-hmm. that. And you get paid extra, like a lot of industries do. But with this stuff, it's like... Technically, it's not right, but there's no union saying it's not right, mm-hmm. right? So there's nobody policing it. So it's kind of ethically in a weird space. If it's everybody feels they're part of something, they want to do it. So what you get is you get those managers and CEOs and people going when it not nobody. It's like the unsaid thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's like, yeah, well, it's like we talked about the office space. It's like, so you want me to wear more pieces of flares? Like, well. Some people choose to, and, yeah, we, exactly. we, and we encourage that. You know, you're like, "What do you want me to do?" It's like because yeah, yeah. nobody's going to take accountability because they can't really tell you to stay. Yeah, yeah. You can't get fired for not staying. I mean, they could lead up and they say your attitude and they make excuses. I guess later on, yeah, you know, yeah. But, Sometimes they do. It's like you're not. We didn't have a real fit with you guys, right? Like, something. Yeah. So, but it's like an unsaid type of thing, mm-hmm. and so that is the problem. And that's where, like, like I said, I feel like. It's intrinsic to the industry, and it's turned into certain things, and sometimes there's situations, innovations, deadlines, something you can't get around. But mm-hmm. I think this is I – mean, maybe it's Eduardo's situation, what his solution, what he said last time. I don't know. <laughs> but I think – I mean, the, the – the, 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 what we want project managers, and we've had this people – we've had bosses and stuff do this before. It's like, don't worry about this, guys. This is our fault. You know what I mean? Because, again, yeah. what, a lot of times it's, it's, it's a problem of – Okay, let's say this. There are either two sides. It's a developer problem or it's a management problem, right? If it's a management problem, they need to say, hey, you know, all right, we'll handle it next week. You guys go home. We'll figure this out, and we'll kind of try to plan this out. And it's a developer problem, and they're saying maybe they didn't do their job or something like messed up. 
in a lot of ways, it's like, I know these things get high stakes, but I mean, literally, you say, well, that's a different discussion, you know, whether you fire the person later or you do something or that goes against points against them or something. Yeah. So, but I, so, a lot of this thing just remains unsaid because they're like, well, if we don't say anything, maybe they'll just stay. They'll feel guilty and they'll do it. Yeah. So, so mine, like my, the, just to clarify my point a little bit, is just I'm not even talking about like when we have a deadline looming or something, a task that needs to get done. Mine is right. just like the day to day activity. Like it's become like when you say intrinsic, it, it literally <laughs> is like a part of every day now. Like where people are staying late is not. It's not just because there's a deadline. It's not just because you have it. I mean, it's literally because there's a game being made. You know, it's literally there's right. a product being made. And that shouldn't be the intrinsic part. That shouldn't be the standard where because we're working on something, we have to stay late. So we're talking and, about not outside of you. And last time we talked about crunch, you're saying even outside of Yeah, crunch, I'm talking about outside like, of crunch. Okay, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the day-to-day activity of a lead just working late because that's what he does. You know, he just loves programming. So... He's going to stay until, you know, 8 p.m. or, or 10 p.m. And just because he, I mean, it's not like because someone's pushing him or, you know, the management saying, hey, we got to get this done just because he likes doing it. Right. And that's what I'm that, saying. We, 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 our hobby is our job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and my, my, my point is that's a dark side in the sense that it can lead to a negative culture in the sense where people who are under him who see uh, him okay. and say, hey, yeah. I'm seeing this guy work late. Maybe I should work late. And that's why it becomes an intrinsic thing because people around you are all doing it. It's almost like that peer pressure. Everyone's saying, let's work late. Let's eat at our desk. Let's not get up. Let's not exercise. Let's not do this because that's what we do. That's our hobby. We're just enjoying what we're doing. But that shouldn't be the standard is what I'm saying. Well, and and I mean, and then the positive side of this, I, mean, I don't want to get too positive on this negative episode. Yeah, don't but, watch out now. I mean, well, I think, <laughs> I think the solution is just communication. Right. Yeah. I think that guy, Lee, came out and said, hey, guys, I'm doing this. Literally, don't worry about it. I'm just doing this because I, I think it's kind of fun. And I want it. Exactly. Like, literally, they say that stuff. Because even on our uh, – Eduardo and I interviewed Jesse Show. We talked about it in that interview because mm-hmm. he talked about how – we talked a little bit about crunch. And he's like – he's like he said that not only – or just, you know, those over hours and stuff. And he's like, not only is it not good and it's like it's just kind of a bad way to treat your employees because he has a company shell games they make really cool stuff we talked to we have a you know unite interview coming out with their i expect you to die game which is really cool um but he said not only is it bad for their morale and um just you know their personal lives and you're not you're gonna get churned and people leaving if you do that stuff but he's also it's like it's not a really good idea for creative people to be cooped up and not do stuff outside of the thing. No, because he was, he was even talking about in the middle of the day, just all going, he talked about going to the convenience store across the street. It's like, that's where yeah. we got our best ideas. Mm-hmm. It's like, the problem is like creative people need to actually be not doing that thing. There's like a consumption, uh, you know, production scale. Yeah, like yeah. I need to be producing something, but I also need to go experience life and look at things like, oh, cool. You know what we could do with that? And have that kind of experience so he was i mean and from his sample that's what i was saying like that's a good example of people like he's it's called shell games this is his last name you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's he's <laughs> taking that stance and saying no no we'll get games done but it's like, like setting up deals from the beginning maybe i mean you know we, we talked about blizzard and valve being able to do it because they have like a uh, like a metric like shit ton of money <laughs> basically mm-hmm. yeah, yeah but but maybe you set up your deadlines and you set up your contracts like that you don't compromise those managers not compromising themselves either you know it's like, yeah. yeah we could do that and i think i believe there's a possible scenario where it could not have that you know you need to promote yeah. promote I, I agree too and i think you met you brought up a good point about just being vocal and being communicative of like as a lead to to your to your, I guess, what are they called? It's not underlings, but your fellow coworkers, I guess your cohort. But just saying, you know, I'm going to just stay late just because, or tell them, you know, I feel like even at, at Sprockets, they do say, you know, if you're sick, stay home. But, you know, sickness is one thing. But I mean, like just generally day to day being vocal about, you know, you guys shouldn't stay late. It, it's six. Come on. You guys should go, you know, just. Well, that, well that's, that's, a real, don't want to interrupt you real quick, but mm-hmm. I do, I guess, but <laughs> sick days are a weird thing with companies that I've worked at um, all different types of jobs mm-hmm. and even just corporate things that have nothing to do with um, games or tech or stuff. It's just, but even that those at big corporate companies, you have a sick day. You literally have to fill like three different forms when you get mm-hmm. back. And it's this huge deal. And you have like this many sick days and it's so demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And that happens with those companies too. Cause you feel like I can't just be sick. 
and like you know I can't you feel like so trapped in your life at those places like that or even with game stuff it's like well we're moving on we have to do that stuff and you feel with the game um if you're working on a game working on a project you're working you know you have this project going forward it's a, it's a moving target mm-hmm. and you can't live i mean one maybe day two days but you can't take three days off you can't get the flu for a week because they need you to get your thing done because they they need you to have to keep going forward yeah. and that that becomes a weird as a negative to the game industry in this culture you can't just take time off it's not like if you're working on a project you got to you know you're in that fight with those guys yeah so, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these, I don't know if I feel how I feel about these episodes. They never feel satisfying. They're just. Yeah, ranty. I mean, yeah. Some people are, are really good about sick days. Some companies are. Some again, again, it's just it just really just comes down to. Well, yeah, another. Yeah, another. Real quick, another. <laughs> our friend. Well, I'm just, this, is, this is time number three. I'm, I'm gonna end. Well, you know, this is what happens when you're just a both of us. It's like crossfire. <laughs> just We're just going back and forth. Crossfire. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> you get caught up in the. We, <laughs> our friend Brent, who I'm on Digital Dads with, he works for. I, I, I don't. I can name his company because I don't work with him. <laughs> VMware. You know, mm-hmm. he works for AirWatch, which is owned by VMware, and they that which is based out of San Francisco. He's here in Atlanta with AirWatch, and they just have a no sick day and no vacation day policy. That sounds hard. Oh, you mean like you could take whatever? Yeah. If you just talk to your manager and said, hey, I'm going to just work, take two, three weeks off, is that okay? And he's like, well, if you get this done and this done, that's all we need this quarter. Mm -hmm. And they say, sure. You know, and I talked to him. No vacation day. That sounds amazing. So, I mean, I talked to him and he's like, yeah, it's like, I mean, he's like, I've taken like six weeks off, I think, Mm -hmm. just because his wife had surgery and other stuff Mm -hmm. happened. And then they did take a vacation for a couple weeks. And it's like, that's an answer because then you feel so valued, you know, yeah, yeah, as that's an employee. So I think, but again, what was the key to that? It's the, the whole key of that system is that you talk to your manager and he decides if that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Nice. Yeah. So it, so it can be solved, but. Yeah, it can be solved. So uh, I guess one thing just to wrap it up with a pretty bow is just you leads out there, you, everyone actually, developers of all, you know, all salary ranges, make sure you're, active in you know not trying to perpetuate this negative culture of always just being at work always just sitting at your desk make sure you get out like andrew said go to the convenience store together enjoy like the health food store yeah or the health food store (laughs) go work out together just enjoy life outside of the confines of your cubicle um and and then try to set a precedent for your you know for your team uh because like even in my like i said at sprockets the teams on for the studio are like vastly different. They have completely different cultures, even though we're all under the same roof because of the leads on each team and the project managers on each team, the company culture or the culture for the team is different. So, and that, and that has like a lot to do with, and it, and it can affect morale, of course. So like, there's a lot of people maybe leaving from another team or staying with one team. It's just how you guys, you know, set up your culture for your team is very, very crucially important. So make sure you just keep a mindful eye on your actions as a developer and as a lead. So, well, I guess too, like just real quick before mm-hmm. you go off culture, mm-hmm. this is all fo- focused on company, but an, an individual or indie thing can have a culture too. An individual working by themselves yes, can fall for this because you are the project manager and the employee, and you can go, I need to work 20 hours a day to do that and you might think that needs to happen but one you probably don't have deadlines unless you're working with a produce you know some kind of company that's giving you milestones but also like with jesse shell's advice you're not going to be effective mm-hmm. so you don't need to you it's easy to get caught up and we always talk about like working from home and self-employment as the other side of that it's like yeah you got to be disciplined because you can work for two hours and go play halo or something but yeah. it's the other side too is that it bleeds into all hours you know it bleeds into your nighttime it bleeds into the morning bleeds into weekends and holidays so you still True. need to take time off. True. We we didn't even give enough, or I didn't give enough credence to like the indie developer or the small team developer. I was kind of focused on the AAA and studios, but that's that's completely true. And I'll, you actually made me think of just some of the other negative effects of you know a bad company culture. And one of them is just like poor discipline. Another one is just lack of discussion between you know your peers and developers. And lack of discussion is huge, especially when you have a negative company culture where you are what I call like faux faux collaboration, I guess. 
uh, between you know individuals on the game where you're just like you know we're open to you know collaboration we're open to discussion but if that negative company culture is there you're not going to be willing or even feel comfortable to communicate your ideas even in something as collaborative and you know or inherently collaborative as you know working on a game so again company culture is like really crucial into the success of both the game and of the studio and the culture. And, and the I, and I, yeah, that's true. And I guess you should also mention, we, we did this weird subversive approach to this culture. Cause we talked about these companies that sound really great could be bad. They could be evil, but also <laughs> there are bad companies out there. I mean, where you're working in a factory situation, making 3d crates for mm-hmm. nine or ten hours a day right mm-hmm. there are bad game dev dis- situations i haven't been in one of them necessarily but mm-hmm. you haven't probably either but like um there are bad i mean ea was really bad they always talked about it as the worst company in america to work for it's like in yeah. america yeah it's like crazy. but they're still game developers in america and but you know there you've heard horror stories from companies that are just like you're making the new Madden or something, and it's just mm-hmm. they're, 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 we have to crank out stuff. So yeah, yeah, that's another side of that. So if you have it, if you have stories about that, we need to solicit horror stories in the game industry. Yeah, that so might we, be a fun. We've actually like, segment. Yeah, that's actually something we really need to do. Just generally, is just start. We need more really, stories. Yeah, more stories. War stories of game development, or just positive stories. Just tell us about your day or something. Well, that you know, too, but it's for fun to be war stories. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, give me give me the worst. <laughs> that's true. Cool. Yeah, so that wraps up culture. Um, so I guess the, the next part uh, or piece that we wanted to tackle in this episode was competition. And this is competition in its many flavors. There's a lot of competition within games. Of course, you guys know this. There's competition within your studio, in-house competition. So let's let's actually focus there on in-house, I guess, studio-wide competition. and Because it kind of ties into just culture and, you know, you know that part of... Um, the dark side so uh, I guess just the obvious competition is you know you're working with other individuals who sometimes are just gunning for your same job or same position or for the promotion that you're gunning for so there's the inherent competition of just working at a job I guess Uh, but I think stress levels I may be biased here because I'm in this industry but stress levels at a game studio are kind of heightened because you you're surrounded by people who are uh, I guess, and I guess it may be because it's, it's a creative field, so someone's creativity can outshine yours, quote unquote, creativity or solutions to problems or, you know, how quickly they can model uh, a character or how, I guess, good they are with shadows or, yeah, I don't know, just, just that creativity <laughs> kind of sparks <laughs> extra competition among players or peers, so... Is that why you don't work with me anymore? Yeah, F you. (laughs) (laughs) I had to get out of there. (laughs) Stupid creatives. You had to leave Zach. (laughs) But yeah, it's just like, uh, so I guess uh, a more concrete example is um, recently, I think it was just concept art uh, here at Sprockets, just how, um, you know, people, they were actually, this is really shady actually two people were given essentially or one person was given the job the task of concepting something some character or something uh or environment and then um later i guess people we put it in the game and people were like uh it's pretty good but you know it's, it's lacking something so they just i think it was like underhandedly went to someone else uh to do the same concept essentially and then we you know the art director or whatever was like or producer was like oh let's put this one instead and then you know even the movies they do with scripts all the time yeah exactly hey just write a script and we'll see how it is but another person's writing their version of it exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and what makes it really bad and this ties into culture as well is just if there's a lack of communication during that whole transaction where the first artist had no idea what was going on so he's like oh well I did this and now it's being changed, you know? Right. So that that competition is, this it kind of ties into culture, but this is just the competition of having other people like gunning for your job or, or doing the same thing or doing similar things to, your doing, that, to what you're doing can really demoralize you if, you know, your work is constantly being discarded or uh, your opinions are being trounced or, or spoken over. Uh, even when you're when you have domain expertise over that thing, like if you're can, you're an excellent co- concept artist and you know what you're talking about, but someone above you says you know, no or something, you know, just competition right. in general, yeah. 
Well, I think I think this is useful to compare to because I mean, if you're talking to pe- people that are in the game industry and like different fields related, they're like, yeah, yeah, they might be. But I guess that this is directed to people that listen to the show or getting into it or. I don't know why we, I feel so guilty for like scaring people away, but this—that's what this is about. We're playing a role here. That's what exactly. I'm doing. Um, it's so informing, it, not really scary. Yeah. So if it, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. Well, I mean, but we're still in it. I'm still going to be in forever, so that's fine. But like, there is a difference between most other professions and then other certain types of professions. Meaning that um, there's a lot of jobs in the world, right? Yes, there there's are. a. I've had a lot of jobs. I, you know, I was a courier for like an engineering company with my uncle was, you know, part of. And I, I did. I worked with my dad. He was a photographer forever. I was a TV station, the PA. I did. I, you know, we've done jobs. Even right, like toot your horn a little bit more, Andrew. Unless being a <laughs> PA and a courier does not. What I'm trying to say is like even like the low level graphic design jobs I did when I started out, they're just like jobs. Like, I just had to do, I wasn't creating, you know, book covers or something or magazine covers. I was doing a certain thing, like as a factory type thing. Make this, do this, put it in there, put it in Photoshop, clean it up and do that. It was a very, you know, functional job. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people have jobs like that where, you know, you're a driver, you do something else. Whatever it is, like most of the jobs in the world are those types of jobs where you get mm-hmm. to do things. And everybody hates it. But but a lot of people like those type of jobs, like I said, because their their life isn't about their job. They get to go home and they, it's not stressful. And they go home and they do whatever they want to. And they spend yeah, time yeah. with their family. They're going on vacations. And life isn't just the job for them. It's not like a career in a say, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's other jobs that are kind of career. And a career is like a thing. The way I define it is that a career is something you go into and you just start going ambitiously going up. There's ways yeah, to yeah. move up. And you want to do this. And you want to get higher. And you get higher. And you mm-hmm. want to do something. Maybe have your own company. Do whatever and the the big difference is from when I had just jobs and I was like, oh, this is boring. And, and then moving into a place like the game industry, not just that, but also just kind of a corporate environment sometimes, like a marketing yeah. what I worked in, is that the competition. Yeah, yeah, Like you need to <laughs> be on your toes. <laughs> yeah. Because like- every environment there's been, not to say bad things, but there have been slightly to full-on toxic people or mm-hmm. people that are competing and you you can't just go in there and cruise. You have to show your worth and prove yourself immediately. And you, exactly. And you have to keep doing it, right? And like and like you said, you you really want to like this. Is, right. You're like, yeah. like you're that's the difference. Like at a career, you are emotionally invested. Like even regardless of usually the job or the company you work for, you're emotionally invested in your work and what you're doing there. So that's why you know it it really hurts and really stings when the competition factor comes in when the peer, you know peer competition comes in and you're you're kind of vying for attention by your lead or by your company or by your studio head you know you're essentially you are because you you're you're wanting to move up you're not there just to you know be quiet in the wings you know you're there to you know really show your work show your talent and show your creativity and when you're constantly being met with all this competition it's kind of hard to break loose and, and show your voice so that's where it really can be depressing and stressful uh, like you said, especially when you're just starting, we didn't even get to that part, but just starting a job, how stressful that initial competition is, especially right. when, you, yeah, when you're learning, like even for me, like when I was learning the code base, it was just really stressful, even well, though like it's, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, because it, it, it's the competition, it's like it works in two different forms, but it's, it's really just a pressure that's always there. Yeah, yeah, like um, because what I was trying to say, like, because I don't, I'm not saying the career jo- uh, career is better than a job. Like everybody's equal, and everybody has. Because I have a lot of best friends, and a lot of people that, like, they go to certain environments, have worked at production houses, and they're like, yeah, this is too kind of cutthroat. I just want to do my job, and a mm-hmm. lot of people just want to do a job and relax, and mm-hmm. you know, and chill out. And then, like I said, their life is more about the family and friends and hobbies, and they like to do what they like to do things and go hiking yeah. and stuff. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. they can't. A lot of times, people can't. I feel lucky because we get paid for the stuff we love, but a lot of people couldn't get paid for the stuff they love because a lot of the stuff they love is hiking or yeah, taking, yeah. you know, vac- you know, whatever it is. But so that none, none is better than the other. Mm-hmm. But when you move into that career side, the difference is, is the constant pressure. And that leads into, like we said, like you can't take a few sick days because you're still on pressure. Like when you come back, you can go like, yeah, I'm just getting used to coming back in. It's like, no, we need that thing that you couldn't do three days ago because you got sick. So yeah, there's yeah. a, and like I said, when you go into a company and you go immediately when you start there, they might not say that, but you're on the ball because everybody's yeah. looking at you to say, well, what can he do now? Yeah. You know? Exactly. And, then, and, they, and they, they, some, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah. then you always have to keep... I mean, there, there's positions, if you're just some genius coder, it's like, I want to be left alone and just code and don't worry about it. That's a weird, rare case, I guess. And and not even, it doesn't mean you want to be a manager and want to be things that just even just, I'm not even talking about to move up and ambitiously wise. I mean, just yeah, yeah. to maintain. Because you can't go a while without having some wins and having some brownie points win for you. Because if you mm-hmm. don't, you're like, what's he, Obina, like he didn't. I mean, what's he been doing on the team? Because you have yearly reviews and you That's have all these true. things that you're trying to. It's a growth economy in those mm-hmm. kind of career fields, and so if you don't feel like you're contributing in some way and you're just coasting, you'll get found out. Yeah, yeah. Career. Especially if you're coasting, especially right. in a creative environment. That's when you. That's when it's actually the riskiest. Like if right. you're just coasting, uh, they're like, okay, I'm an ambition game studio, or I'm even not even ambitious studio, or even indie developers. If you're just coasting, we can find someone that can really contribute and you know push our game above and beyond. You know, because the problem they, is fifty other people want your job. Exactly. Too, right. Exactly. We talk about just the That's game industry in general. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's people gunning for this job when you're not even thinking about it. Even like your team is full, you know, people are still gunning for your job. Because at every moment, people are meeting your lead developer at a bar and talking to them. It's like, hey, I got this cool game. Like, this guy's got this amazing game. And like, if you're there, you didn't have any projects, you're still not working on. And I don't mean to say this in like purely political light because I don't, you don't think about that in that way too. We go, we like what we do, and that stuff naturally happens. I naturally work on other projects. I naturally. We naturally have this podcast. This isn't some political move of us doing this show. We just like talking to each other, especially since you guys live out there now. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're meant for it and you like being in that fire, you know, you can like being in the kitchen, you can stand, stand the heat. Mm-hmm. It's not a weird thing. But I know certain people that I know people that, I mean, they're, they're not, they're smarter than me. They're like, they're, have, they're awesome. I'm jealous of them in certain ways, yeah, but yeah. they don't like that lifestyle. They'd yeah, much yeah. rather like to chill out and do their thing and then live their life outside of work. Exactly. You know, and so if you don't, it's a weird personality type that likes to go in there and always be on for yeah. eight and to sometimes ten hours you, a day. You, and a lot of times you actually can get that same fulfillment outside of this pressure, the constant pressure to right. keep performing at a high level. Um, like I remember talking to Raphael from, you know, back in Georgia, just like his, his experience with the game industry as well. He's like, you're just constantly under fire. You're just constantly forced to perform at a high level. That means like, like we've talked about staying late, doing extra crunches, basically showing that you're performing at this high level, but it, it is taxing. So it is better. Sometimes it's better. And like some people just prefer to take a step back out of that environment where you're constantly having to perform and just enjoy doing, you know, enjoy programming right. or enjoy doing art or just write a book, you know, or do something completely different, but still, you know, doing your hobby and doing well, what there, you Yeah, enjoy. there's some things like, because I'm not, also, I'm not going to, I'm not right. I just like to do a lot of different things. I like, oh, I haven't learned how to 3D model. Let me try that. But there's a lot of things I go down then. Sometimes those paths are fruitful. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a three uh, graphic designer until I just started messing around with Photoshop. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then that became a job. But there's other things I get into that are like, yeah, that's a hobby. I don't want to do that. You know, mm-hmm. there's some things that we get into and that you like and that you like games and you like making them. But there's, I listened to the, um, and I've started listening to a couple of his podcasts, but Game Keto we've talked about before. He's another, yeah, yeah. I don't For want sure. to mention, you know, he's another, he's a, he has a really cool podcast and he talks to a lot of different people in the industry. But his first episode where he introduces the show, he mentions that in the game industry. He's like, everybody talks about professional, they talk about the indies that are successful, but nobody talks about just the hobbyist game developer. And I think his show's about that and he talks to people that are, you know, at various levels of success, but... I thought that was interesting too. It's like you can ju- if sometimes don't feel so much pressure that you have to do this and you hear the stories and make a million dollars. You can do a job and also do this and then be fulfilled. Exactly. You can do it. Like this show isn't about just professional game developers. It's about people just want to do it. Our goal in this show is not to tell you what type of game, not to tell you we don't know, but it's our really our goal is to help you finish a game and make things that you want to make. Yes. But so the, know that I'm being positive now. Damn it! Yes, yeah, <laughs> like, stop so that. <laughs> stop that positivity. <laughs> but but that is one good side of that. Just realize that we're depressing you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't. The thing that you love doesn't mean you have to give up. You can do it just as much. Spend five hours not doing, but it might just be like doing it, and you like doing game jams and stuff. Like yeah, you know, I do All a right. lot of stuff as hot. So Reel it back in, Mister Positivity. Reel it in. Well, let's say this. Like this, this will move into a next little sec. I don't know where you are. We're in our outline, but like, go ahead. Um, 
uh, but the competition don't think like, well, yeah, you guys are companies and corporate hacks and stuff. Like you talk about that stuff, but I'm an indie and I can. There's no pressure on <laughs> me because it's like, well, wait a second, you actually have more pressure than anybody. Yeah. Because if you're paid, like, we, <laughs> the thing about it is, I get a salary whether you selling. You know, like people that work at companies, whether they sell the game that month. Their, their salary is usually depending on bonuses, I guess, but it's not dependent on the game sales. They get mm-hmm. a salary. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the pressure's high to keep the job and all that stuff. And we talked about, I don't want to diminish that, what we just said. But then, at game development, you're fighting for your own right to buy food, right? If You, you have to sell your game. You have to make a game that's good enough for people to share, to sell, to want to have. And then that comes out great. I mean, even a moderate success, you may have made like a tens of thousands to a hundred thousand dollars. How long? That's like a few years, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you need to make something else. So, yeah, I think the pressure might be more for indies if you're talking about just financial pressure. Yeah, full, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, not even just financial. We, because like you said, the 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 studios, the big studios, EEA, uh, I don't know, whatever, all the other big company studios still have that same pressure of getting out there i don't know we we didn't really explicitly say this but getting their game out there into the hands of right, a consumer right, right, that that alone is pressure like there's been games that have spent billions of dollars and have never really seen the light of day or people have seen it and throw it away you know it's not really worth anybody's time so they don't make a lot of money out of it same thing happens with movies as well that flop so games that flop as well so same thing same pressure they have to get out there with more money, more capital, more people working behind them, more you know time on their hands, essentially, uh, is the same pressure you have as an indie to get your game out there into the consumer and have them thoroughly enjoy your game and spend billions of dollars on it. That, that pressure isn't, it's kind of indistinguishable. It doesn't distinguish between you know the salaries or, or who made what. It's all about you know the i guess the fun factor and not even fun because fun sometimes doesn't equate to making your game do well not sometimes a lot of times doesn't do that so i mean it's it's the 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 financial pressure is there but still the pressure of having billions of other games to compete with billions of other games at the exact same time releasing the exact same moments exact same months exact same weeks as your game is releasing you have to compete with that and that can be super stressful to even just think about, you know, that I'm having to compete with thousands of games to get out there. Well, Oof. yeah. <laughs> well, the, and that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's when you look how many games come out on the App Store day, it's like 500 or something come mm-hmm. out on the day. Mm-hmm. And and this is the, we talked about this offline before the show. It's like people i heard and I, I we might talk to this i heard i heard like a talk i can't remember the guy's name is and i listened to this other i'm munching a lot of podcasts tonight this lost cast they're like a game lost decade games mm-hmm. they make games they made a couple games they're like hml5 games but they're on steam and stuff that was their big thing they do it in html but they do it you know have wrappers and it's on a pc and stuff and they did a show just recently the most recent episode is about this um this guy who gave a talk at like gdc and it's like how to survive 11 years in the game industry without a hit right mm-hmm. and it was and the guy the guy they talk about the guy in the talking is talking about this that point of view is like when you hear about indie devs you hear about indie game in the movie you hear about mm-hmm. uh i mean crossy roads a little mid they're like a company but you know there's a few guys it's like three or four guys when they made it mm-hmm. i guess but you hear about those types of deals you know the temple runs a husband and wife right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have a movie deal and they've they have like a 400 million downloads of that game mm-hmm. um you hear about that and that you want to do it but you don't realize name all the ones you can remember and that's probably about 20 yeah. <laughs> you know maybe 10 and that's being generous probably about 10 that you can yeah. list and and then think of all the people think of the people that listen to the show listen to think about your friends thousands think about of you. people yeah <laughs> yes. do you know other game developers how many more do you know you yes. probably know more than 20 maybe exactly. right and so think about that. There's thousands and, and millions. People have been doing it for years. You know? What did they say the registered... I mean, that was two years ago. I just remember that stat because they showed mm-hmm. it then. The registered Unity users. And it was like 5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something lot. like that. And I was like, good Lord. And that was before... It, was, it wasn't that popular back then. Yeah, now it's it gotten yeah. more... So you're talking about tens of millions of users of just that one engine, not to mention other you know people just tinkering with it and doing it. So it's true. 
this is the you're, thing. You're know. stressing me out now. I can't be. I can't be totally like. I feel like I feel I my the core of my being is being positive. That's my big thing is positivity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel if you know it and you feel like you can do it and you feel like you have the confidence and you feel like it'll work out and you you're doing it for the right reasons because you want these things to exist in the world, yeah. right? And you kind of picture that the success for you is doing it and having it be exist. Mm-hmm. Then go for it. But in this, for the sake of like this role, this hurts. This is yes. getting painful at this point. Don't worry, but, it, it is painful, but, but push through it. But push for the sake it. of of being negative and being totally uh, uh, sterile with this, yes. If you look at the statistics of this, you're talking about a top, like a single digit percentage hmm. of people that are absolute successes, yes. or that actually make a huge living off of it, and they aren't making. $15,000 a year and $15,000 a year off a game would be crazy too like when I just make a game in my spare time I'm like that'd be awesome like I have a job but it'd be cool if I had a game that made $2,000 a month that would be mm-hmm. a success but that's even long short you're, so you're talking about 80 to 90% of people that don't make that right because they, they, I think when I saw something the average indie game makes like they actually took out statistically because it was like a negative number or something like that or zero because they had to take out um, you know, just the outliers and stuff, and they kind of tried to normalize it. But even normalizing, it was like the average game makes like three hundred dollars. Yeah, right. So that's the depressing statistic of the night in competition. Yeah, it's, it's is that definitely is that, is that you have to know what you're getting into. And again, yeah. you know, somebody's got to win the lottery. Somebody's yeah. got to. It's it's. <laughs> I mean, somebody does. I mean, somebody yeah, but, somebody. It is an actor. People go through this. You hear actor stories. They they tried out for a part with eight hundred other people. And they got it. Some people yeah. do get so the hard. Yeah, I think the fortunate thing is, and I think we don't have to really reiterate this. I hope we don't really have to reiterate this to our listeners. But a lot of them, I mean, a lot of our listeners are just entrepreneurs. They just love right. gaining up. So the failure is really never a failure. It's it's just a learning opportunity. This well, you got to be doing it for the right reasons. If you're yeah, doing exactly. it, if you're, if you're doing, doing it just the, to make money, then that's a risk. You then can there make might a be lot better ways yeah. to make money. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think they understand that. I think we all understand that. And so the the purpose again is not to depress you guys. It's it's really just to lay out lay it out all all bare is just saying what goes on and what happens and what the reality is of competition in game development. And is it's a cruel you know, cutthroat world of game developers just and, marketing. <coughs> well, product. that's what I was saying is that we say that and we say it's so cruel. We just we said all this negative stuff, but I think that's what we. I think we just arrived at the point of all this, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the point of all this is that the lesson of this is that none of that matters if you're doing it for the right reasons. None of that matters if you say like your job or if you're an indie developer, you're like I like doing this. I love doing this. I like doing it as a job and like, you know, I need to fight for my rights as an employee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or as an indie, it's like, yeah, I want to do this game. And we talked about it in our scope and other episodes about what do, what do you want to accomplish with this? You know, do you want to be a billionaire? Maybe not make that the goal of this game. But you say, what do I want to do? I want to make a game. I feel good for getting games out there. I want to feel good about having multiple games out there. I want to learn every time. And if you love doing it, you don't care. You know, if somebody just said, you're never going to get a game developed, would you stop tinkering with games that we know no hell He's, yeah he, he, oh yeah, it's like <laughs> i'm here to get rich bitch i'm rich, I'm rich bitch <laughs> no i'm kidding you're you're 100 right man it's just it's just what we love doing that's why we have right. some like you said you have so many things on the side that you're doing you're you're tinkering with 3d modeling you're doing web you're doing right. mobile you're doing vr we're doing all these things because we love we, we are curiosity we have curiosity at the forefront of our minds we love being creative we love just being in games and love seeing where the industry is taking us and where we're taking the industry ourselves, where we're taking ourselves in the industry. So it's really just an exploration of our creativity and what we like doing. So you really can't really hurt us by saying only 2%. Well, that's the thing. Maybe (laughs) we're weaning out all the people that don't want to do this. Yeah, like, it, it, this is it's the clarity. <laughs> it's, like, it's, the, it's the clarity, like of the of game development. So if you're you're in this and saying, "Hey, I'm," I heard you can make a billion dollars off of, of a single game. You can, but there's re- certain realities that go along with that, and that's what this clarity is coming for. Right? It, yeah, and that's what, that's what the weird thing too is. Like we've been so negative and doing this stuff, and just like any job, you rant and you you know rave about all these other things, and. I don't. I don't know. Like, it can be just as front. This is the thing. I worked at. We worked at. You've worked at different places in software and other places, and I have too. Mm-hmm. Every field, 
this just you complain about the same things, right? The same things happen. There's crazy people that you feel like could be in a movie at every place you work at. You know, it's the same. It's the same story. It's, that's just the way it is. And so, I mean, the the ideal thing is to find a place you like and doing something that you love. So, all these things we said, we said last time, like Ryan ranting. Ryan's been in the industry longer than we have, and he loves it. He loves it. We wouldn't be doing this show if we didn't love it. We're we aren't getting richer doing making money from this show. We do it because we love it. We love doing these things. So, like that that that's the big deal. It's like I I like that I the the, the conclusion that we came to in that is that even though we said all this stuff, if you're really meant to do this, you want to do this, you're inoculated to this because it's just you like doing it and you're curious about it. Who cares? Yeah, it's it's fun game stuff. I mean. Yeah, but it's it is it is it is still it that, is rough. The, yeah, yeah. It does, competition it thing's you. rough. Yeah, that'll get yeah. you. We'll yeah. do a no whole nother. That might be an episode about dealing with not buckling to competition or something. Yeah, exactly. Competition. Cool. Well, I think that uh, that kind of wraps it up nicely. We even ended it on a, a sort of positive note, which is good. We have to. We have to. We have to. It's the exactly. holidays. <laughs> yeah, this is the holidays. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I, actually, there's a couple things I did. We kind of wanted to talk about, but I think we'll we'll save that for our criticism competition follow up um, talk. Um, so yeah. Um, so that was the dark side of game development, culture, and competition. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back. All right, we're back. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that the second part of dark side of the I think game it development. lifted at the end. It lifted. It, it really did. It was like a ha. <laughs> Yeah. At the, end. <laughs> the clouds parted. Exactly. <laughs> the clouds parted. Yeah. That's too funny. Hey, I liked how you wrapped it up at the end. It was really good. Well done, Andrew. <laughs> oh, I'm just, just I'm just thinking about Eduardo listening to this episode. He's like, you guys sing so much to the <laughs> we keep singing. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna have some complaints. I know yeah. he does. He always yeah. does. Well, come on the anyway. show if you're gonna complain about it. Exactly. Cool. Um so yeah, uh I'll talk about our cool uh facebook group which is always getting a lot of good conversation actually my favorite little conversation that happened recently was with um was it robert and ryan and i forget the actual guy the guy's name that actually asked the question about you know he was having this spherical problem with games, and it was just a really interesting problem with hexagons and tries and meshes and all that stuff, and I was like, "Let me just take the back seat and let's, let's see if he figures it out." But eventually, they got it figured out with the help of Robert and Ryan. So, shout out to Robert Plan well, and Ryan. Well, that's so cool about the, you mentioned is like with that Facebook group. It's so crazy because we we were scared to put it up at first because it's like people can ask us questions and we don't know. I mean, again, like I said, we share our experience and our expertise. We don't know everything. <laughs> like yeah. we just wanted to just talk about our stories and we ha- we can help or hopefully we can connect people that can help each other. Mm-hmm. And it's so fascinating to see people like come in like you don't even know what the context of that game is exactly. like they just come it's like have this weird you know global like what is this game because yes. it's, it's program art that they show you but then you just see other people solve that problem it's like oh i didn't even know that that's cool yes. i love that about the group. i love it yeah you learn and you can learn so much and i actually really hope um he shares that um i forgot his name his name was nathan nathan shepherd so yeah hopefully he, he told me he said he was gonna write up something or, or do a, a blog post on it and i i hope you really do nathan and share that with us in the lounge because we really enjoyed that i just enjoyed reading the comments and seeing how right. you progress through the problem so definitely share that nathan and anyone else who's you know scared to post in the lounge please post if you have a question about what you're working on or you just want to share what you're working on please do that we don't con- or we don't discourage any of that stuff and really are excited when people post that stuff yeah it's a positive no negativity yeah no negative keep posting keep sharing i will ban people that are negative yes (laughs) ban him cool so yeah definitely join that did we say it's it's the debug lounge facebook group i don't even know if you mentioned i don't know (laughs) did you okay yeah also you want to support us you want to give us a Christmas present or a holiday present or whatever it is patreon.com slash the debug log where we have our patreon page our New Year's resolution is to get more more milestones and stuff in there, and we'll do it. We've been busy, you know. Yes. Our, our 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 main kind of goal is to get the show out every week, and that's been enough in this you know holiday time. We've had crunch times, right? I mean, yeah, so we've so, had our own crunch of 
that's why this these shows about that's why we might be a little more negative than usual um (laughs) but we're gonna definitely though we're gonna have more stuff in there and we've had a few people in there already like uh, donate to us so that's awesome so it's patreon.com slash the debug log and look towards that in the future sure and finally also i just want to Another quick reminder of our Debug Lounge YouTube series. Definitely check it out. Oh, yes. We have new episodes coming out. So a lot from Unite 2016. So check them out. Subscribe to the channel. Watch those. They're actually really interesting. We had one with Lucas Mayer come out, who's the technical director of Unity Yeah, if you're listening to this, check that out right now because it's out. It's out for sure. All right. So anyway, let's wrap this up. It's getting long. My name is Obina, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Obeans. That's O with an H, Beans with a Z. And you can find me on Twitter. My name is Andrew Curry. <laughs> <'Cause I'm- laughs> This is weird. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I. You did not have to do that. I, yeah, I know. I was being it. an ass. <laughs> it's All more right. of a fun ass you know, like situation. Yeah, For whatever. Sure. Yeah. whatever. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya.